Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocks podcast. I'm back today with my friend, Bob Lapine, and we are talking about Christmas. So Merry Christmas, almost. Well, it's November. It's not Christmas yet, but it's coming and it's gonna be here before you know it. And I hope that that is an encouragement to you, not a discouragement, because there are so many wonderful things about this season. Uh, Like Bob talked about in the last episode, one of the greatest things is that this season gives us an opportunity to be able to reach people with the gospel that we may not, otherwise I won't say that we won't have those opportunities. It just provides a a larger doorway, I'll say, into the hearts of people and being able to share the gospel with them. So we're gonna talk more about that today, but before we do, I wanna say thank you to our sponsor, CTC Math. If you guys are looking for a great online math program, go to ctcmath.com, check them out for free, ctcmath.com. Well, Bob, at the end of Monday's episode, We were talking about how sometimes this season and Christmas can be disappointing for people. And, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about all these different just uh, um, parts of life. You know, like when we go into marriage, we we have this idea of what it's going to be like. And we never think about the hard parts. At least I didn't. Right. I always thought about the fantasy of marriage and how amazing it was going to be. And we were going to just, you know, be blissfully, you know, happy and in love the whole time, every single day. And nothing ever was going to go wrong. And then we got into marriage and I was like, huh, this is a lot harder than I thought it would be. And then parenting was the same way. I had waited so long to be a mom. And then I have this beautiful, precious baby girl. And I thought it was going to just be amazing and happy and joyful all the time. And it wasn't always, but still there's so much joy to be found. And some of much of it depends on our perspective and on what our focus is. And so you talked about, about finding the, the root of joy when we're thinking about Christmas and especially in those seasons where things can be kind of disappointing and, and hard to adjust to. So let's talk about that. Take us to where we can really get to the root of joy during the season. Well, I, I think this is true in the Christmas season. I think it's true all year long. And, and those of us who know Christ have, have learned from the scriptures that joy is different than happiness. Yeah. In fact, it's, it's interesting the the, the British used to have an expression, this was a hundred or more years ago, that they would say to one another at the end, of, as, as you were leaving, they would say, well, the haps be with you. And and what they were saying was, may good things go your way. The haps meant, may what happens mm-hmm. bring you happiness. There's a connection between what happens and happiness, even in the word, happen and happy. And, and so we tend to base our happiness on how circumstances are going. You having a good day, you're happy. If, if things aren't going your way today, you're not happy. And the Apostle Paul in, in uh, Philippians chapter four, writing, he's, he's written a whole letter about joy to the church at Philippi. And we sometimes forget that the person writing this letter is in prison. And it was not a very nice prison that he was in. It was basically a, a hole in the ground that he was living in. And he could uh, he he had limited access to uh, to to clean water things like I mean they they yeah. gave him enough to live on but it was not a, a great living environment and the apostle Paul writes to the church he says I've learned how to be content by the way this comes right after he said rejoice in the Lord always right. always and then he says and again I say right. rejoice so he's he's telling us. This is something that we can choose. 
to rejoice. Rejoicing is not something that you say, am I joyful today? You say, I'm going to choose to be joyful today. Rejoice in the Lord always. He says, when your heart is burdened, make your requests to God. Don't be anxious about anything. Make your request to God, and the peace of God that passes understanding will fill your heart and mind. And and then he says, think on what is true and noble and right and good. And that's he says, I've I've learned that this is the secret to contentment. I've been mm. in I've had times of plenty, I've had times of want, I've had Christmas seasons that go well and Christmas seasons that blow up. I've had, uh, whatever it is, I've learned that my contentment, my joy is not in how my circumstances go, but it's in the Lord. I can do all, when we read, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's not saying that after some athletic victory, like we see it on t-shirts, you know, (laughs) he's, he's saying it, I can find joy in the midst of whatever circumstance I'm in because Christ strengthens me to find the joy that's in that. I was just recently with a hero of mine, Johnny Erickson Tata. And for for listeners who don't know Johnny, she has been for more than five decades now in a wheelchair. At the age of 17, she dove into shallow water in the Chesapeake Bay, broke her neck, and has been a quadriplegic ever since. She's now in her early 70s. She's battled breast cancer twice. She had COVID and was in the hospital a couple of years ago. Life for her is physically painful and physically challenging. It is hard for her to get breath in her lungs every day. And Johnny is one of the most joyful people I've met, but I've watched her fight for joy Mm. um, in the midst of her circumstances and say, I'm I'm going to choose to be joyful. And often the way she chooses to be joyful is by singing hymns. In fact, I would say at Christmas time, dust off your best, most theologically rich Christmas hymns and sing them over and over again. Sing, yeah. hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, mm-hmm. peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled, joyful all the nations rise, join the triumph of the skies, with the angelic host proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. When we start to sing those hymns at Christmas, it refocuses us on the source of joy, which is not whether our expectations get met during the holidays, but it's the fact that God sent his son at Christmas. And that's the spiritual root of joy that should keep us focused. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. 
Visit us at Apologia.com. No one affects your child's education more than you do. Even though others may provide the courses and the supplies you need, you have the most say regarding the quality of your student's learning experience. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation. The people at BJU Press do everything they can to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to speak with an experienced homeschool consultant. We are back with Bob. That is so encouraging, uh, just just the idea of refocusing everything, our attention, everything on joy. And, oh, yeah, you know, our listeners know I love hymns. I love listening to hymns. And I love Christmas hymns specifically. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to sing along with you, <laughs> but I will not because I cannot <laughs> sing. So there, so there's the, the idea of disappointment. Then there's stress yeah. and man, Christmas can be one of those times. I think the holidays, you know, we, we hear the statistics over and over again, that the holidays are, are, the, the highest rate of suicide and depression for a lot of people because there's so much stress that surrounds the holidays. And so this is, like we talked about, this is the time where we can reach out to those who are, you know, who, who are, who we surround, you know, whether it's people at work, whether it's our neighbors, whether it's people at church, which by the way, don't assume that because people are at church singing Christmas carols that they're having joy and that they're happy and that things are going well for them. You know, we need to learn how to read people and get to know people and ask questions and just find out how we can encourage one another. But the holidays can be such a stressful time. We have experienced that. I'm sure everyone at some point has experienced it. And whether it's, you know, stress because of family members or stress because of finances, or maybe you're just in a weird place in your life right now, who knows? I mean, there are so many things that can cause stress. Um, How do we navigate through the holidays when everything around us just seems to be falling apart and stressful. Well, I heard you talk about how much you love Christmas and you started rattling off all of the reasons, including decorating the house and getting the tree up. And, and then there's the baking and then there are the kids activities that are going on. And then there's the the, the church stuff that's going on. And then, I mean, by the time you look at your December calendar, uh, it is probably maybe Maybe May or September come close, but you know, Christmas, December is just loaded down where it seems like every night you've got something going on every day, you've got something else going on and you're trying to navigate this in the, in the midst of all of the activities, you have the priorities of, uh, buying the gifts, taking back Mm -hmm. the ones that are are the wrong one after you bought them, sending them back. (laughs) I mean, and, and there's the financial pressure. You mentioned that this is a. Yeah, and and I, I I'm guessing you're probably a little Type A. Would would that be right to say that I'm, you're? A I'm more driven? Type B. Really? <laughs> yes. So I, I, Garrett I, I, is the Type A in our family. We can't have two of us, so, so I graciously the, allow him to be the Type A. <laughs> so he takes charge and drives and and is task oriented and getting oh, it yes. done right. Yes. And and so you're you're drafting in the wake of that, but you you've got this loaded up list and you go to bed at night thinking I've got so much to do tomorrow. And then the day after that, and I don't know how I'm going to get it all done. And this is where I say, first of all, we have to calibrate uh, the holiday and and pull back at the very beginning and ask this question. Um, When it gets to December 26th Mm -hmm. and we look back at the previous four weeks, 
what is it that we're going to remember and care most about? Mm. What What is it that we want to make sure? That we've got traditions and, and things that, sure, those are important. But if you have to say no to something, and, and you likely will during mm-hmm. the next four to five weeks have to say no to something, what are the right things to say no to? And then what are the priorities that you want to make sure stay at the top of the list? I mean, for us, every year as we were raising our kids, we knew that the culture would throw at us plenty of opportunities for busyness. And we were always fighting to say, how do we keep the spiritual focus of Christmas in the forefront? How do we keep our whole family, kids and everybody focused on the reason for Christmas? Right. And and we had to fight to make that happen and had to say no to some of the cultural good things in yeah. order to be about the best thing. So I, I think one of the ways to turn down the stress during this season is to say, uh, what should our priorities be? And then as you're, as you're mapping out your month, include in there some Sabbath times. Mm. If you can't go full speed for four weeks and not have some rest for your body and for your soul. And you may think, well, I've got so much I need to do. Say no to something so you can have a time of rest so you can be strong for what's ahead. I, I think we have to have a, a strategy for managing the holiday season or it will crush us. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And I think when we do that, as we're looking at all the different things that are ahead of us, we need to do this as a family. And I find myself oftentimes just kind of trying to take charge and do things on my own or say yes or no to things on my own. And I have to often remind myself like, oh, wait, we're a family. I need to talk to my husband about this and even talk to my girls about this because they're older now and they really have an opinion. And so those are decisions we need to make as a family because it's certainly not all about me, nor is it all about them. And so we need to say no to our kids for certain things as well, uh, but as a family figuring out. So that is a really good reminder. What about stress? Maybe you can offer some encouragement for those who deal with stressful situations when it comes to family, because every family, just about every family, I won't say every family, most families (laughs) have that one person in their family or in, you know, their friend group who spends holidays with them who are just difficult to be around and stressful. So how do you, how do you navigate through that? That's hard. I mean, it's the time of the year where you're kind of obligated to be with people. Um, But it also can be dreadful to some people to be around certain members of their family. And I'm, (laughs) I'm speaking in general for everyone. I'm not saying this for, (laughs) for me, Yvette, myself. I'm just saying, I know that this is something that's really real for a lot of people. So how do we handle that? All, all of your extended family is listening to this going, right. is she talking about us? <laughs> who, who does she have in mind right now? So, so everyone you're be right. nice to me this year. <laughs> Bring you're, me you're presents right. and I'll forgive you. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> there are activities that produce stress. There are financial issues that produce stress. But I think relational stress mm-hmm. is often uh, really, it, it's, uh, it, it may be the biggest stressor we face. Yeah. And I will tell you the the strategy that we have to consciously employ, knowing that we're going to be with people, uh, whether it's friends or family members, we're going to be with people who are going to um, test our our patience. And Marianne and I will head into some of these times, and we will say to one another, "All right, let's let's ask God to make sure that what comes out of us is the fruit of the spirit." Mm-hmm. that that this engagement that this encounter 
is really a missionary opportunity that we have to put the goodness of God on display. And so how can we how can we make sure that love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and kind of the whole list, self-control, how do we make sure that this characterizes us during this season? And it really has to be having a mindset. Paul talks about this in Philippians 2 when he says, have, have this mind in you that was in Jesus, consider the needs of others as more important than your own. Mm-hmm. So when you're going to be with family members or with friends, you have to go into that with a mindset that says their needs in this moment, that what they're going through, what's going on in their life, this is more important than what I'm going through. And my job here is to represent Jesus here. Yeah. And if you know that they know how to push your buttons, go in with, with a, a, an attitude that says to please the Lord, I'm not going to let my buttons get pushed. I'm going to yeah. love them when they try to provoke me. You know, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's what First Corinthians 13 says. Yeah. And so I think we have to have a, a purposeful, intentional, conscious mindset that I want to walk in the Spirit. I want the fruit of the Spirit to be in front forward in, in how I'm living. And that's my assignment when I'm going to be in stressful uh, relationship situations during Christmas. Yeah. Oh, that is some good advice right there. All right. What about sadness? Um, let's talk about sadness because that's one of the four emotions that you talk about. And that kind of goes a little bit along with the disappointment, but not exactly. Yeah, all, <laughs> Sadness all these, is a different thing. All of these are mixed together because yeah. stress can bring about sadness right. and disappointment can bring about sadness and sadness can lead to disappointment. So it's not like yeah. there are hard lines here. I right. think they all come into a jumble, but we do find people during the holiday season who were expecting the holiday to deliver joy. And instead uh, they find themselves lonely mm-hmm. or isolated. I, I think the thing that, that leads to sadness during the holidays more than anything else is to feel um, disconnected from people you care about, feel lonely, yeah. um, to, to have relationships be strained brings sadness and and again, I, I think we have to go back to um, the, the source of that sadness and where we find our joy in the midst of those moments that are stressful and sad for us. And recognize, here's, here's where I look to the advice that David had, King David, uh, when he's writing the Psalms. David was a melancholy temperament. He was somebody who experienced highs and lows emotionally in his life. He had plenty uh, of experiences in life that would provoke both the highs and the lows that he experienced. But in Psalm 42, David experienced that he had a time when his soul was sad. He, he said it was downcast. His mm-hmm. soul was looking down instead of looking up. And so what David did with a downcast soul was to instruct his soul to look up. Why are you looking down? He says to his soul. Put your hope in God. Uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, who was a British preacher from a generation ago, um, one of my favorite quotes came from Lloyd-Jones, and I'm, I'm not going to, I won't get this verbatim, but the idea he said is most of us, most of our problems in life are related to the fact that we spend more time listening to ourselves than we do speaking to ourselves. He said, so hmm. we ask ourselves 
what am I thinking? What am I feeling? How, what's going on? And we listen and we let that shape us. And he said, instead, we should be telling our soul, here's what you should be thinking. Here's what you should be feeling. We should be counseling and instructing our soul. Uh, here's what God wants for us. So let's let's get on board with this. And, and that's what David's doing in Psalm 42 when he says to his soul, why are you sad? Put your hope in God. And I think this this anecdote, Jesus at one point in, in John 16, he's just explained to the disciples that he's about to go away. And he says, I know, I know you're sad. I know your, your soul is sad hearing this news. He said, but nobody's asking me, where are you going? Now that seems odd. Yeah. But what Jesus is saying is, hey guys, if we can refocus on what's about the, the good news of what's about to happen, I'm going to the father. Mm-hmm. I'm going to prepare a place for you. You're going to come and be with me and we're going to live there forever. I know you're sad right now, but could you refocus on where I'm going and what's going to happen and see if that doesn't cause your spirits to rise? And so as we face sadness, I think we have to be speaking to our soul and counseling our soul and reminding ourselves of what's true and where our our joy and our hope is found. Amen. Oh, what a fantastic reminder. All right, we are out of time again, but we are going to be back tomorrow. We're going to keep talking about Christmas and uh, this new book from Bob Lapine, Four Emotions of Christmas. It's such a good book. You guys definitely get a hold of it. You can learn more about Bob Lapine at his website. What's your website again? Your church website. RedeemerLR.org. Okay, we'll put that link in the show notes and then we will put a link to this book as well. If you guys have not left a review for this podcast, would you please take a minute and do that? Just pause what you're doing really quickly. Go leave a review. Thank you for those who have done that. That really, really helps us to get the word out about the podcast. And it encourages others to listen um, and get the same encouragement that you get on a weekly basis. So thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Over the past six years, you, the Christian homeschool community, have provided generous support to the Schoolhouse Rocked ministry, and it's had an enormous impact for the kingdom of God. Recently, we've spent some time taking inventory of what's been accomplished in this time because of your generous support. As you know, Schoolhouse Rocked, The Homeschool Revolution was released in November and is now available on DVD and streaming. And we've been blessed to hear the testimonies of how God is using it to impact families around the world. This show, The Schoolhouse Rocked Podcast, is in its fifth season with well over a million downloads and video views so far. We also launched the Homeschool Insights Podcast this year. This daily podcast provides biblical homeschool encouragement in under 10 minutes for moms on the move. We also offer the free Homeschool Survival Kit, a 70-page resource to assist and encourage homeschooling families. And we continue to offer access to the Homegrown Generation Family Expo. Now, we are in the early stages of work on a new movie, and we need your help. While we can't give many details yet, we expect this new film to have a huge impact in our culture. But projects like this simply can't be done without massive support from the community. So we're asking you to join in this important work. Visit schoolhouserocked.com support and make a one-time or monthly donation that will change lives and hearts for eternity. That's schoolhouserocked.com support.